Chapter Thirty One of Cutlass and Cudgel. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Cutlass and Cudgel by George Manville Fenn. Chapter Thirty One. Three days passed, and the idea of losing her companion was so startling to Celia that she made no further journey toward the cliffs in spite of several efforts made by grip to coax her in that direction but on the fourth day there was so mean and unsatisfactory a dinner at the hose of the paltry little rockfish caught by the laboring men that as celia watched her mother partaking of the unsatisfactory fare and thought how easily it might have been supplemented by a dish of mushrooms and a blackberry pudding she made up her mind that the next day she would go I could be very careful and not go near any of the slopes running down to the cliff and I could make grip keep with me Yes, I will go she said the next morning She partook of her breakfast quite early a simple enough meal consisting of barley bread and a cup of fresh milk from the shackles farm and Taking a basket she called grip who came bounding about her in a state of the most exuberant delight the dog's satisfaction was a little damped as his mistress took her way toward the fir wood and he kept making rushes by another path but it was of no use celia had made her own plans and as the dog could not coax her his way and would not go alone he had to follow her there was a reason for this route being chosen for celia did not care to be seen by ram or any of the men who might be pretending to work hard on shackles farm which was ill-tended and consisted for the most part of cliff grazing land but somehow seemed to need quite a large staff of laborers to keep it in such bad order by passing through the firwood celia meant to get out of sight of the cottages and she went on with the dog following sulkily behind but reviving up a little bit upon being given the basket to carry she trudged on for about a mile over the thin stony pastures found a fair number of small sweet pink gilled mushrooms where the turf was finest and richest and gradually adding to her store of glistening bramble berries till her fingertips were purple with the stains the course she chose was down in the hollows between the hills till at last she struck the one along which she had passed after leaving ram and his companion and turned down here believing that if the boy selected it there would be good reason for his so doing she walked steadily on finding a button mushroom here and a bunch of blackberries there for one minute she paused struck by the peculiar sweet and sickly odor of a large-leaved herb which she had crushed and admired its beautifully veined blossoms in happy ignorance of the fact that it was the deadly poisonous henbane and then all at once she missed grip oh how tiresome she cried excitedly and she called him loudly but there was no reply a gull or two floated about and uttered their querulous calls otherwise the silence was profound and though she swept the great curved sides of the hollow whose end seemed filled up by the towering hill all soft green slope toward her but sheer scarped and projecting cliff toward the sea there was not so much as a sheep in sight with a great horror coming upon her she hurried along toward the cliff thinking of what dad had said and picturing in her mind's eye poor grip 
racing along some seaward slope in chase of a rabbit and going right over the cliff she went on almost at a run pausing though to call from time to time it was intensely hot in that hollow for the sea breeze was completely shut off but she did not pause and rapidly neared the cliff now her dread increasing as she wondered whether ram would be good enough to get a boat and row along under the cliff to find the poor dog's body so that she might bury it up in the fir wood behind the house in a particular spot close to where she had so often sat no sign of grip no sound she called again but there was no cheery bark in response and with her despondent feeling on the increase she began to climb the side of the hollow passing unnoticed great clusters of blackberries whose roots were fast in the stones and the fruit looking like bunches of black grapes passed glistening white mushrooms better than any she had yet seen but they did not attract her and at last she had climbed so high that she could see the blue waves spreading up and up to the horizon and about a couple of miles out the white-sailed cutter which was creeping slowly along the shore i wonder where that midshipman is she thought forgetting the dog for the moment how strange that all was could it really have been a dream yes it must have been or else he would have gone and told his captain and they would have come and searched the cellar and there would have been sad trouble she turned her eyes from the sea and began to search the green slopes around and then all at once she uttered a cry of joy as she could sight on the highest slope right at the end of the valley a white speck which suddenly appeared out of the earth and then stood out clear on the green turf and seemed to be looking about before turning and plunging down again it was quite half a mile away and her call was in vain and she began to descend diagonally into the hollow the tears in her eyes but a smile of content on her lips oh you bad dog she cried merrily how i will punish you and she stopped and picked a couple of mushrooms quite happy again and even sang a scrap of a country ditty in a pretty bird-like voice as she came to a bramble clump and went on staining her fingers by degrees she passed the end of the hollow leaving all the blackberries behind and now only pausing to pick a mushroom here and there she began to ascend the slope toward where she had seen the dog it is getting nearer the edge of the cliff she said but it slopes up and not down ah i see you sir come here directly grip grip the dog had suddenly made his appearance about fifty yards in front right as it were out of the grassy slope to stand barking loudly for a few moments before turning tail and plunging down again oh how tiresome she cried grip grip but as the dog would not come to her she went on knowing perfectly well that he had gone down one of the old stone pits and quite prepared to stand at last gazing into a hole which inclined rapidly into the hillside but was as usual provided with rough stones placed stepwise and leading the way into darkness beneath a firm fringed arch while the whole place was almost entirely choked up with luxuriantly growing brambles he has found a rabbit she thought to herself as her eyes wandered about the sides of the pit and brightened at the sight of the abundant clusters of blackberries finer and riper than any she had yet secured i wish i was not so frightened of these places she said to herself why i could fill a basket here and there can't be anything to mind i know it is only where they use to dig out the stone 
a sudden burst of barking took her attention to the dog who came bounding up the rugged steps right to her feet looked at her with his great intelligent eyes and before she could stop him rushed down again where she could hear him scratching and there was a sound which she knew was caused by his moving a piece of stone such as she could see lying at the side in broken fragments and of the kind dug in thin layers and used in the neighborhood instead of tiles oh grip grip and you know you can't get at him come here ahoy celia was leaning over the rugged steps gazing down into the darkness beneath the ferns when in a faint smothered distant way there came this hail making her nearly drop her basket as she started away from the pit the hail was followed by a sharp burst of barking and the dog came bounding up again to stand looking after her barking again before once more descending slowly and with her eyes dilated and strained the girl crept back step by step as she withstood her desire to run away for all at once the thought had come that perhaps some shepherd or laborer had fallen down to the bottom and was perhaps lying there with a broken leg she had heard of such things and it would be very terrible but she must know now and then go for help in this spirit she once more reached the entrance to the old quarry and peered down listening to the worrying sound made by the dog who kept rattling one piece of stone over another every now and then giving a short snapping bark ahoy came again as if from a distance and a thrill ran through the girl bringing with it a glow of courage it is some poor fellow fallen down and placing her basket by the side she began to descend cautiously with grip rushing to meet her barking now joyously and uttering whine after whine the descent was not difficult and after the first few steps the feeling of timidity began to wear off and celia descended more quickly till about fifty feet from the top some distance under where the fringe of ferns hung and where it had seemed quite dark from above but was really a pleasant greenish twilight she found beneath her feet a few loose flat stones part of a quantity lying before her in the archway that seemed to lead straight on into the quarry but here right at her feet the dog began to scratch tossing one thin piece of stone over the others upon which it lay celia looked before her wonderingly for she had expected to see a fallen man at once probably some one of the men whom she knew by sight but in spite of the dog scratching she could not imagine anything was there and she was bending forward gazing into the half choked up level passage before her when there came from under her feet the same smothered ahoy she started away clinging to the side for support and ready in her fear to rush back to the surface but the dog's action brought her to herself as he began again to bark furiously and tore at the stones hush quiet grip she said in an awe-stricken whisper as she went down on her knees and listened her heart beating wildly and a horrible idea all confused of someone having been buried alive making her face turn ashy pale ahoy anyone there came in the same faint tones yes panted the girl what is it help and then more loudly let me out pray oh moaned the girl what does it mean ahoy there came more plainly now whoever you are get a boat and go off to the cutter white hawk can you hear yes yes said the girl huskily as a horrible suspicion ran through her mind 
tell lieutenant brow that mr raystoke is a prisoner kept by the smugglers and then show his men the way here there was a pause for celia could make no reply she knew who mr raystoke was and it seemed horrible to her that the frank good-looking young midshipman should be kept a prisoner in such a tomb-like place as that don't don't say you will not go came up in the smothered tones you shall have a reward as if i wanted a reward panted celia what shall i do what shall i do help pray help came from below and grip joined in yes i will help you cried celia placing her face close down to the stones what came up i know you the young yes miss graham yes she cried hastily pray help me i want to she said but but you will go and tell about what you have seen there was a pause and then came faintly the words i don't want to but i must but i cannot i cannot help you if you're going to fetch the sailors here perhaps to seize oh what shall i do there was a pause before the prisoner spoke again look here he said i don't want to tell about your father being mixed up with the smugglers you must not you dare not cried celia there was another pause and then the prisoner's voice came again reproachfully you ought to know it's my duty and that i was sent ashore to find this out i say yes did you know i was shut up like this by those beasts oh no 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 your father did he had me sent here so that he should not get into trouble indeed no he would not do so wicked a thing but he is a smuggler it is not true cried celia passionately and if you dare to say such things of my dear good suffering father i'll go away and never help you i can't help saying it said archie sturdily i'd give anything to get out of this dreadful dark place but i must speak not of him i don't want to speak of him said archie but what can i do i must tell about all those smuggled things there in the cellar that night when you found me in that room out of uniform ah ejaculated celia i know it's hard on you but i've been here a prisoner ever since and it's enough to break one's heart the poor fellow's voice changed a little as he spoke and he would have given way if he had seen celia's head bowed down and that she was crying bitterly you will send for help i cannot sobbed the girl unless you will promise not to tell there was a pause again i can't promise came up huskily in faint smothered tones i say is the door locked as well as bolted i cannot tell it is covered with stones pray pray promise me that you will not tell i do want to help you to get away i can't promise said archie at last after a bitter struggle with self i must go straight to my officer and tell him as soon as i get out at that moment there was a sharp barking from the dog who rushed up the steps to stand at the top for a few moments before coming down again won't you help me to send my poor innocent father to prison said celia in a low voice i can't hear you came from below and i can't tell you said celia to herself what shall i do what shall i do she stole softly up the rugged steps with her fingers in her ears in dread lest she be called upon to listen to the prisoner's piteous appeals for help and as soon as she reached the top she set off running as hard as she could go to find her father 
tell him all and appeal to him to try and save the poor fellow from the cruel trials he was called upon to bear celia could hardly see the direction in which she was going for her eyes were blinded with tears and so it was that when down in the lowest part of the hollow as she hurried blindly along she tripped over one of the many loose stones fell heavily striking her temple against a block projecting from the steep side of the valley and fell to lie insensible for a time and when she did come to her senses it was to find grip lying by her with his head upon her chest and his eyes looking inquiringly into hers as if to ask what it all meant her head ached and she felt half stunned still but she strove to rise to her feet and sank back with a moan of pain for a worse trouble had discovered itself her ankle was badly wrenched so that she could not stand and in the solitary place in which she had fallen it was possible that she might lie for days and not be found unless special search was made a sudden thought came to tie her handkerchief about grip's neck and send him home the first was easily done the latter impossible grip was an intelligent dog in his way but nothing would make him leave his mistress there and the poor girl lay all day in the hot sun and at last saw that night was coming on and that there was no help end of chapter thirty one